We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski uh, coming to you uh, from our home up in Northfield, Minnesota, uh, where we go every summer because it doesn't get really, really hot <laughs> like it does where we live in St. Louis. Where I think I'm finding my partner. Is that right, Matt? Where are you at right now? That's exactly right, John. You keep rubbing it in. Uh, yes, we are in hot and humid. St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. Um, yeah, yeah, it is uh, heat index this week, well above 100 degrees. It's oh a my. It's oh hot one. Uh, and this is, by the way, wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. And so we have a special, a uh, couple of special silver themes that we're doing. Uh, number one, again, is, is we're going to be doing some of the, the stories that everybody should know. Right, that's that's kind of the thing, the biblical, biblical right. story that they should know and they should tell. I, I appreciated that exposition made from last week. Um, and we're also we're 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 offering ourselves as the alternative to social media. Okay, <laughs> so so quit Facebook, quit that Tic Tac that all the kids are into because whatever you need, we're going to have it for you right here. And and so the cultural issue I want to address at the beginning of our show is is expletives. Curse words. Oh, great, John. Well, I mean, this is, was... this is, go ahead. Yeah, no, go nothing. ahead. <laughs> nothing. I, I was not expecting that. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, well, honestly, this is, if you go onto the social media, you're going to encounter these words. They're all over the place. Uh, I, I mean, words that you and I would never have dreamt of ever using are now just common. They're dropped right and left all the I, I, my mom said i wouldn't want to have in my hand what you just had in your mouth uh, my my grandmother that show how things have changed when there would be a comic strip and they would have like you know the the what the the pound sign and the exclamation mark oh yeah yeah, yeah. that would offend her <laughs> is that right when they had the different symbols yeah there implying a bad word yeah yeah so even the implication and now People, so so I have I, what I want to do as an alternative. Okay, can I okay. offer an alternative? Because right. okay. that's what we are. We're the alternative to what you find in social media. Yes, I, I want to bring back some of the old expletives, which, which of course, <laughs> okay. you know, they don't they don't carry any offensive weight. Okay. And, and for you kids out there, you can it can be novel because I know that's the only reason you're doing it is for the novelty, right? So this will give you something novel that you can actually surprise your friends with. And they'll think, oh, my, what, what did he just say? Where did you I, learn you, that? I, I'm <laughs> wrestling with the basics. <laughs> That's right. Be sure and tell them from wrestling with the basics. <laughs> That's what we want to be known as. The Good publicity. The, the KFEO radio program that brought expletives back. The old expletives back. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, but again, see, they won't offend us because we've heard these before. Not, nothing new about this. 
Uh, so I don't know. You remember old? Do you have any old ones you'd like to bring back? back, back <laughs> and the, no, this, this is your deal, John. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not stepping in this. No, you you go ahead. You're the expletive guy. <laughs> All right, well, I'm just well, along for the ride. <laughs> Consarned, con it. and that sound good. And, con and it feels sarnid. good. Consarned, tarnation, tarnation. See, it, it yeah. just you know, and no one's going to be offended at consarned and tarnation. But, but but here's my favorite. I honestly don't remember this from my childhood, but it, it's on the internet, <laughs> so it must, well, be, it must true. be true. Yeah, <laughs> by Saint Booger and all the saints at the backside door of purgatory. <laughs> Wait, what, what was that? I that's a by mouthful. <laughs> by Saint Booger and all the saints at the backside door of purgatory, and it even sounds because that's what you want—a little religion. You know that makes oh, yeah. the expletive all the more. All the better. So I don't think that one's going to catch on, John. <laughs> I don't not don't buy Saint Booger. Just because, like, by the way, there is no Saint Booger. <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, Tarnation. Let's get going here, man. Yeah, tarnation. I, like that. I, I could go yeah. with Tarnation. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh. Uh, I'm concerned. Uh, okay. where, where are we at, Matt? I'm trying to find my thing here. <laughs> what are we talking about today? There was another one. I was uh, I was leading a Bible study, and we were talking about um, the the land of Goshen, and I guess that was something people would go land of Goshen. Oh yeah, I don't that, know if that's that, expletive, but it, like uh, just a remark of surprise, apparently. So that one's well, yeah, more, but see, somewhat yeah. related to <laughs> religious things too. Um, but I'm sure when they said it back then, no, there probably was something there. <laughs> That's how. It works. All right. Well, come on. Thunderation. Now let's get on to the show. There's <laughs> another one for you. I just, yeah, this will be fun. Just, yeah, feel free to pepper those throughout the, the episode. Yes, we did that. Something for the summer. You need something to do for the summer. That's right. Yeah. State you need burger. some good expletives for the summer. Thanks, Jim. So, All right. So we are, uh, what we're doing is looking at uh, some of those Bible accounts that every Christian, you just got to know, uh, not only know, but also tell. And I, I suppose if you're going to be telling them, you, you got to know them first. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, so you're you the rest know. of the basics. We have the privilege of telling those things so that you know those things better and you can in turn tell them. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So what we looked at, began, began to look at at least last week is um, really the first account that we got to know. And that's that account of, of Adam and Eve and what takes place there in, in the Garden of Eden. So we are looking at Genesis chapter three. And as we looked at Genesis chapter three, we noted that there are a lot of firsts. Uh, in fact, there's four firsts that we're taking a look at. So last week we looked at already the, um, the first temptation. Okay. So the first time we hear any temptation recorded and it's Satan as he tempts Eve and, and also Adam, who was with her, uh, to 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 eat that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that the Lord command them not to eat of, and to tempt them even to to doubt God's character and doubt God's love for them. That's the first temptation. We talked about how God, um, you know, how Satan rather, how Satan even tempts us in that same way today, right? Um, did God really say whatever? Um, and to get us to doubt God's word, and but even more perhaps to doubt his promises and doubt his love and character uh, toward us. 
Uh, and then we look at the first sin, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse uh, 6, uh, where they eat of the fruit of the tree, uh, and Adam and Eve, they sin. But not only that, the whole world is affected by that first sin. Uh, fallen creation, imperfect, and even us today, still affected by that first sin. Uh, by nature, sinful and clean, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Um, that's, that's the reality in which we live. So we we certainly don't want to leave there, John. Right? We don't want to stop no, at the first there. No, no. Um, so we we want to continue. Um, so we the, the, the next verse isn't very good though either, John. But, um, but, but before we move on okay. to the next verse, I, I just wanted to sure. say one more thing about about talking about this sin and everything, uh, because I, we we emphasized last week that the essence of the sin wasn't just that they did what God told them not to do. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. essence of the sin is they, they did that because they didn't trust God anymore. Um, and, and I think we need to understand that the obedience of the commandments is important because we believe that God wouldn't give us a commandment unless he wasn't concerned for us. That, that, that the commandments all reflect his love for us. So, so why is it that God told them not to eat from the fruit of the tree? And what's neat is he tells them why. It's not an arbitrary commandment. He doesn't say, well, you know what, just don't eat that tree, okay? No, no. He explicitly tells them why they shouldn't eat from that tree. And what, what's the explicit reason? That? Yeah, well, he, t- <clears throat> he tells them not to eat from the tree and uh, because they uh, they will die uh, yeah. the, the day they eat of it. In, in fact, in, in, emphatically, you will surely die, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, it does raise the question, why would God put a tree in the garden? Why would he put a poisonous tree in the garden? Because that's mm-hmm. all it is. See, see, we we make it into a test and do all those things. And there's no there's no anything in the Bible that indicates it was a test. It just was there was a poisonous tree in the garden, and he did what you would do if you saw a poisonous mushroom, say, in your yard. You would say, "Do not eat that, kids, because mm-hmm. you eat that, you're, you're going to get sick. You're going to die. That, that's what's going to happen, surely." See, all that is is just pure love, uh, and, and and we can speculate why. I, you know, my my theory always has been that that as soon as you make life, there's going to be death. You know, as soon as he took that dirt and made it into a living thing, that made the possibility of, of dying, right? Because you, yeah. you you can't be alive without also have the possibility of dying at some point. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and so God said, "All right, I I now have death, and I'm gonna I'm gonna limit death to one place, one spot, only one tree." And I'm going to tell people don't to eat of it, and then everything should be okay. <laughs> of course, yeah. God knows it won't, because we don't. We leave it. We don't listen to it. But just so everybody understands, when God comes with His Ten Commandments, it's not that He wants to boss you around, because He's God. He does not have God issues. He doesn't have to boss people around. Okay, but but it is because He loves us. And, and you look at every one of those commandments. Trust me. If you sleep with your neighbor's wife, that's not going to be a good thing for your neighbor, believe you me. You steal from him, you kill him. Your neighbor will tell you, I don't like that. <laughs> okay? So they're all out alone. There's nothing there that doesn't have to do with God loving us. And when you break them, essentially you're saying, well, I, I don't think you know. Uh, I don't think you want to. You know, I don't think you understand what I need to be loved. And God says, oh, man, I created you don't think I know? Yeah. So, okay. I just yeah. wanted to throw it. No, no, that's good. And, the, the, you know, he sets this trees in the, in the midst of the garden, but yet God, I think, 
it's a demon his command to not eat of it i think is just a show of love too that he sets boundaries for them and and in setting those boundaries that we god demonstrates his love i think of, of the parent today um if like the mushroom example the poisonous mushroom or whatever it is you know for a, for a parent to set those boundaries don't eat of that that's just a demonstration of that parent's love for them so in some ways this this tree in the midst of the garden it was dangerous, allowed God to demonstrate his love for Adam and Eve in setting those boundaries. And, um, and, and tarnation, I gave you every other tree of the garden, and I told you, you may surely eat of those. <laughs> God sounds like a hillbilly all of a sudden. But, but, as uh, soon as you start but, saying tarnation, you I know, fall into that. That's what happens when you say tarnation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but but absolutely, yes. man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's the thing. The whole thing is all about love. And, yeah, and love says bet. these are good things for you. And love says, oh, but those are bad things for you. That's what love does. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, God knows what he's talking about in the Ten Commandments. You know, if we obey those, life is going to go better for us, right? Uh, our relationship with God, but also, as you point out, our relationship with our neighbor. Um, you know, it's it's for our good. It's for our good. Um, all right. So, okay. So as the first sin now, now the first blame, the first blame. So we see that in uh, Genesis three verses uh, three through, oh, excuse me, eight through 13. Okay. So we're going to skip over the stuff about being naked. Well, we can read that. <laughs> so fig leaves <laughs> together, the make part. them white clothes. Okay. And they heard the sound of that. How eight to what? How, just say, verse uh, eight to, to what? Thir thir eight to 13. Okay. And, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. In the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I, 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 I heard the sound of you in the garden, and, and, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, oh, Well, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, ah, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and, and, and I ate. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll stop there. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the relationship has changed, right? You know, we get this impression that God had this special I mean, intimate relationship with Adam and Eve, you know, walking in the garden of the cool of the day, whatever that looked like. I don't know. But uh, in Minnesota, obviously, Matt, not in St. Was, Louis. It was not in 100 and plus degrees St. Yeah. Louis. Yes, there is no cool of the day in St. Louis in the summer. <laughs> um, but yeah, now that's changed, right? You know, it's a different relationship. Uh, they're hiding from God. They're, they're ashamed. Uh, they realize that they're naked. And then God asks them those questions, uh, right? Have you, have you eaten? Where are you? Have you eaten of the tree? Who told you were naked? You know, th the Lord knows all those answers already. He's God, right? Uh, but yet he still asks that of Adam and Eve. And, you know, I wonder, you know, in some ways in asking those questions, you know, could God maybe here have been giving them an opportunity to to repent, <laughs> really, uh, to, to say, Lord, we 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 messed up. We sinned. We ate of that tree that you told us not to eat of. Have mercy, Lord. Uh, it's an opportunity, really, for them, sort of an open door for them, this questioning to them, and yet they they blow it. Instead, you know, we see the first blame. Uh, that's the route they choose to go. And so... And, go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, I know I was just going to say, 
you said that the whole relationship had changed, uh, and it has changed uh, from the standpoint of Adam and Eve, uh, although it's actually simply the fulfillment of what they believed, right? That, that God didn't really care for them, that God was holding out on them because he didn't want them to be like God's. And, and so now, oh, well, then I guess God's going to really put the whammy on us. You know, we better start hiding from him uh, like you could hide from God. Um, but, but on the other hand, see, it hasn't changed from the, 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 the aspect of God. God. God loves them just as much as he does love them. He, he doesn't come in with thunderbolts and lightning and says, oh, man, did you, do, did you eat from that tree? I didn't. Oh, man, are you going to get it now? You know, like, like we would do as a parent when our kids break the commandments, right? We come in, you know, cotton started, you're going to get it now. But no, God's cool. He's just cool about it. Well, what happened? How do you know you're naked? And you're absolutely right. He's just giving them a chance to repent. And, and they won't. They won't repent. Uh, 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 and, and Luther, by the way, has just a great comment on that, uh, that before we start really pointing the finger at them and getting all up in there, you know, well, why aren't you repenting? What's wrong with you? And, you, you know, they don't have any promises. They don't know how God's going to respond, <laughs> you know. Maybe they think if they, well, the same way with our kids, right? That's sometimes why they won't uh, confess and admit because they're afraid, oh, my goodness, you're going to really punish me terrible. Uh, and it's all because we just don't, we don't understand. We don't believe that God's a God of love. He would never, well, we'll see this in a couple of weeks. He would never, he would discipline us, but he would never hurt us. No, no, he could never bring real lasting arm upon us where his, his beloved children whooped. Anyway, just so we understand that the situation, the relationship has changed from the standpoint of Adam and Eve, but it hasn't changed God at all. He's the same love and forgiving God that he always was. Yeah, you know, and that, that doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences because there certainly are, and we'll see that in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he still loves them. He still cares for them, and we'll see that uh, in just a few verses for sure. Uh, but yeah, this, you know, you know, this idea that, I mean, we are, you know, sinful and clean, you know, that, that, that now, yeah, we have that sin and the, the relationship, I mean, yeah, is, is different, right? You know, his love for us doesn't change. You're right. But I mean, that's part of the, the new creation. That's part of Christ's return is that restoration of, of creation, right? But also our restoration of our relationship with God too, that we can, you know, be in the presence of a, a holy God because he makes us holy. And um, so it's, you know, a lot going on here, in these verses. But yeah, yeah, you're right, John. The, the main thing is, you know, the Lord still loves them, right? And and we're going to see that if there's any doubt about that, and, and maybe Adam and Eve do doubt that at this point, um, we're going to, that doubt will be erased uh, when that promise of a savior comes, which we're going to hear in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, this, this blame, uh, Adam, of course, he blames Eve and also by extension blames God, right? This woman who you gave oh, me, yeah. Lord, by yeah. the way, um, <laughs> did this. Uh, so blaming God for this. Um, and then, of course, Eve blaming the, the serpent, right? Uh, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And so uh, blame going all around. But what, what there's not much of happening, if any at all, is confession, repentance, um, seeking forgiveness instead of just blame. And I, I think, you know, again, uh, like everything else we've looked at in this account, it, it applies to us today too, right? That um, blame does not work in our relationships. You know, so often we pass the blame uh, and instead, no, um, confess our sins. Um, confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, right? Confess that 
you know, we deceive ourselves that the truth is not in us if we we say we don't need forgiveness. And say, confess, God will forgive. And and by extension, you know, confess our sins to each other when we sin against each other and forgive each other, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, don't do what Adam and Eve do here. And, and, and yet, and yet God is going to make the most beautiful promise he could make to anyone in the next verses. Uh, yeah. I, you know, please, again, don't misunderstand me. Repentance is absolutely crucial because until you've repented, you don't have any idea how much God loves and forgives you. You know, you're still hiding. You're still pretending you're not a sinner. And as yeah. long as you don't recognize you're a sinner, well, there's not much. You can't say to a guy, I forgive you, if the guy doesn't think of himself as a sinner. Yeah. You say that, and the guy would just say, well, what are you forgiving me for? And, and the Bible is filled with people that exactly said that. The Pharisees, right? What's this guy going around forgiving sins? I don't have any sins to forgive. So don't, don't misunderstand me. Repentance is absolutely crucial. But you got to remember, God, God, he's ready to forgive. And, and it, it's not going to change his plans to bring salvation to us. Uh, he, he'll just wait maybe until we're hanging on a cross and then say, oh, okay, now that you've repented, let me tell you what I wanted to tell you all along. You will be with me in paradise. See? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, just so we make sure that we understand repentance isn't what changes God because God doesn't change. He's always a God of mercy and forgiveness and long-suffering. Yeah. yeah. So you in our just because we want to wrap this up uh, yeah. John, you know, the you know as in the verses that follow, yeah, things some things do change, you know, the 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 serpent's going to be on his belly, uh, pain and childbearing, um work is frustrating now, uh, but in the midst of all that we have the first promise of a savior. So Genesis 3 verse 15, one of those verses we should underline in our Bible, highlight, circle, um, commit to memory. Uh, because it's that promise of a Savior. If you could read that verse for us. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Yeah, so this this promise here, and to understand this correctly, that this offspring of the woman, so not the woman herself, but her offspring, will uh, bruise Satan's head, and he shall bruise his heel. So what what's important here is the body part, right? That that the, you know bruising a head, boy, that's that's that can be lethal, right? Um, well, the Hebrew word there is actually crush. So yeah, that's pretty much lethal. Yeah, if your head I, yeah, gets there, crushed. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some debate about whether it's crushed or bruised. You know how to translate because I think it's the same word that's used there uh, of the head and of the heel. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, but anyway, um, regardless. Um, the fact of the matter is that, that, that Eve's offspring, her, her great, 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 great grandchild, right? And had a few more greats to that Jesus Christ ultimately is going to defeat Satan, right? Crushed, bruised, his head, um, defeated, right? Um, yeah, Satan's going to bruise his heel. Christ is going to suffer and die on a cross. No doubt about that. Uh, but through that death and through that resurrection, uh, Satan defeated. So, I mean, I, I love the fact that I mean, from the time that they sin to the time that a Savior's promised, I mean, it's it's just a matter of verses. You know, it's it's God is so eager to, to promise that Savior. And again, God knew that this would happen all along, right? It was intention to send the Savior. It's not kind of a plan B for God. No, even before the foundation of the world, knew he would do this. And, and that promise made Adam and Eve, that promise fulfilled in Christ. And uh, that promise is for us too, just as much as it is for them. Uh, that we who... Uh, our sinners, right? 
we have we have hope, we have forgiveness. And this is where God's love, like you've emphasized, John, is really, really, really revealed for us in the promise to send his son. You know, the language in X2 is the definite plan and foreknowledge. That's what Peter preached on Pentecost yeah. that Jesus was said. So yeah, he knew what was going to happen. And and he knew all along what he was going to do. He was just going to send his son to suffer and die on a tree that they might be forgiven. Yeah. You know, as, and as, as we as we read this, you know, it's it, a lot of firsts, you know, sadly, it's not going to be the last, <laughs> the last temptation or the last sin or the last blame that's passed. Uh, but uh, most importantly, uh, the most important of those first, that promise of a savior, that wouldn't be the last word of gospel either. Uh, it's scriptures filled with it. Right. And that word of gospel that comes to us even today in an absolution with sins forgiven, uh, the word preached and, and the Lord's Supper, uh, that word of of, of the Savior that is spoken again and again, even today. And this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. basics.